You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome into Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful city of Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to this episode of the podcast. This is episode 133, and we're going to be dialoguing about the topic of having a seared conscience. What does that really mean? And is it possible to reverse a seared conscience? A very important topic, very sobering topic to dive into, so I'm excited to dialogue about that. Um, this topic was brought to me uh, by email from one of our regular listeners, so even more excited uh, because those of you who've been listening for any length of time know how much I love answering uh, questions from our listeners, so excited to answer this question. Before we dive in today, a quick reminder to everyone about the importance of being subscribed. Now, I know that many of you listening to this are already subscribed, so big, big thank you to you. Uh, however, if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed to the podcast, maybe you just stumbled across uh, you know, recently, uh, maybe you're streaming this in a social media app or in some other location, if you are not subscribed, let me highly encourage you to head on over to whatever podcast catching app you are familiar with or head over to our website and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Our website is theologyfortherestofus.com. Once you're there, you'll see a bunch of different subscribe buttons. Click whichever one applies to you. That'll take you over to a page where you can subscribe. Uh, subscribing is really important because it guarantees you never miss an episode. When you're subscribed, every episode gets delivered directly to your device as soon as they go live. So head on over, do that today. It's theologyfortherestofus.com. All right, let's dive into the topic at hand. Uh, today's episode devoted to answering a question that came to me from a regular listener, a guy by the name of Cody. I've corresponded with him before. In fact, I actually did an episode in response to one of his questions uh, quite a while back. So Cody, shout out to you. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. Thanks for your email. Excited to dive into this. Here is uh, Cody's email. He says, hey, Kenny, uh, bringing another question for you. I was thinking the other day when I heard someone say, unless your conscience is seared, and I thought, what exactly does that mean? And if it is seared, can it become unseared? Great question. Uh, before we dive into some biblical passages, let me give you a quick story from my own personal life. This will both give you some insights into my lack of handiness, as well as hopefully illustrate uh, the point I want to make. Um, I'm an unmarried guy in my early 30s, and so I live with a, a handful of other dudes that are unmarried. We live in a multiple-bedroom house, and because of our lifestyles, we're probably not as attentive to the house as we probably ought to be, um, if I'm honest. And we live in central Florida, and so it's very hot and humid here. I think a few days ago, it was like something like, uh, you know, 104 degrees with like 79% humidity. I mean, it was just this, just mind-boggling hot and humid, and you just, you walk outside and you're drenched in a matter of three seconds because you're so, so sweaty out and so humid out there. Um, and so obviously having an air-conditioned unit that, that is functional is very important if you live in Central Florida, uh, you know, and particularly during summer months. Uh, our AC unit was having some issues. Our house wasn't cooling the way it ought to. So AC unit guy comes out, or AC repairman comes out. God bless you if you're an AC repairman. I just hope the Lord will just bless, will rain down blessings on you because you're a, you're great people. Um, and so guy guy comes out and he's talking to us, and he's asking us if we had ever checked the filter. Well, literally that morning I checked the filter. I pulled it out, and uh, my roommate and I looked at it. It looked pretty good and didn't look bad. So I 
put it right back. In fact, I actually took it outside and kind of dusted it off a little bit, got a little bit of the dust off. It looked good to me, put it right back in. Well, he comes out later that day and says, uh, have you checked the filter? I said, yes, I just checked it this morning. He says, well, let me, let me just look at it just in case. He opens it up and goes, you checked this this morning? I go, yeah. He goes, this, this thing is clogged. It's dirty. So it looks good to me. I don't, I mean... He goes, no, 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 and he, he grabs a new one and he shows me. And I, I, he holds the dirty one up next to the clean one, and I go, oh, my gosh, that's what it's supposed to look like. You see, the, one, the, the filter was extremely dirty and clogged, but because I didn't have a reference point to what it was supposed to be, I, I didn't know any better. It looked clean to me. I didn't, it didn't look brown. It just looked dusty. So I just kind of dust. I literally took a little Swiffer, you know, Swiffer duster and dusted it off and put it in there. He's like, no, dude, this is like clogged. This is gross. Because see, once the filter is clogged, it no longer does its job of of allowing air through that has been cleansed. In fact, eventually it becomes a blocked any air passing through. Well, you see, God has given humanity a gift amongst many things that that He's given us as gifts. But one incredible gift that God God has given us is this thing we that we refer to as a conscience. It's kind of like a natural filter. It's like a firewall. It's a God-given gift that allows us to filter things and know what is bad and what is good and to keep out what is bad. Now, but eventually, through the course of time, because we're engaging with so many bad things, our conscience gets dirty. And it gets so dirty that it begins to become not functional. It doesn't do what it was supposed to do. And in fact, the the filter, the spiritual filter, your emotional filter gets so clogged and so dirty, it actually begins to stop air passing through. You begin to, it begins to not do what it was supposed to do and it actually becomes a hindrance to the rest of your unit. Like spiritually and emotionally speaking, your conscience is like a filter. It's like a firewall, and it's supposed to block things out of your mind. It's your conscience is a thing that tells you that's wrong. Don't do it. That's wrong. Don't engage in that. That's wrong. Don't look at that. That's wrong. Don't put that into your soul. Disengage from that thing. Run away from that thing. It's bad. Your conscience tells you that. But once your conscience has engaged with so many bad things, once you have continually ignored your conscience over and over and over and over and over again. It becomes dirty and clogged, and it begins to actually break the rest of your soul, just like a clogged filter breaks an air conditioning unit or doesn't allow it to function the way it's supposed to. You see, your seared conscience is a conscience that has lost feeling. Well, how does this happen? This happens because over and over and over again, when your conscience is telling you not to do something, you ignore it. You, you, you specifically disengage or you, sorry, you, you specifically engage in something that your conscience is telling you not to engage in. And every time you do that, it damages your conscience a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And it damage, eventually damages it to the point where your conscience becomes completely, uh, you know, not, uh, uh, not functional. And so then you begin to do things that are completely bad or wrong. You don't even feel guilty about it anymore. The more and more you engage in things the more and more you'll feel not guilty as you engage. And the, and the further down the sinful road you are likely to go. Let me give you another example. A few days ago, I was at the dentist. My entire mouth was numb because I was getting some work done on both sides of my mouth. And at one point, the dentist asked me to bite down a few times. And so I'm biting down a little bit, and he tells me, go, stop, stop, stop. And what? He goes, you're catching your tongue. And I go, I, I, I don't fear. I, I'm, I'm talking like that. Like, ar, ar, ar. Right? Isn't that funny? The dentist tries to talk to you while, you're, yeah, while your mouth like is all, you know, got stuff in it, like, I think they maybe they just think it's funny, um, anyway, but the dentist is, he's like, stop, okay, he said, okay, hold on a second, readjust your tongue, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I can't feel my tongue, I don't even know, goes, okay, try again, so I bite down, bite, 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 and he's like, stop, 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 and he's like, he's, he's kind of a little bit mini, mini freak, he's like, you're, you're catching your tongue, he's like, never mind, stop, 
because my because my tongue had no feeling, I I could now bite down on it and cause damage to my tongue and not even realize that it was that it was that I was causing damage to myself because I could no longer feel it. Having a seared conscience is like that. Your your conscience becomes so numb. Your spirit, your emotions become so numb to bad sinful things that then you be, you continue to engage in things that are actually hurtful to you and you don't even realize it. Right? Imagine if your hand is numb and you touch a stove. What's going to happen? Well, you don't even realize your your hand's burning. So your skin is melting and burning. You're you're causing incredible damage to your hand. You don't even realize it. But if your hand is not numb and you touch a stove, what happens? It's going to be hot and you, ah, you pull your hand back away because you recognize that something is damaged or there's damage happening to your hand. You see, having a seared conscience, it's like that. Your conscience, in a way, is supposed to function as your prosecuting attorney, right? Whenever you go against the will of God, when you go against the moral inclinations of God, your conscience sort of accuses you, so to speak, right? It tells you, hey, you're about to commit a crime. Don't do it, right? It calls you out. Your conscience is supposed to be a blessing. It's supposed to be this thing that helps bring correction. We all need this in our lives. And all of us are born with a God-given conscience. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about the fact that eternity is written on our hearts. Romans chapter 2, the Apostle Paul talks about the fact that we have a conscience, that the law is, is etched on us, that we know right or wrong. And the problem is when we engage in sin over and over and over again, when we, when we willfully betray you know, God's moral inclinations, we continually engage in sin and it causes damage to our souls. It eventually will sear our conscience. Now, just because your conscience is seared in one area doesn't mean it's necessarily seared in every area, right? It's possible to sin over and over and over again in one particular genre of your life and to be seared in that area where you no longer even feel guilty for doing that sin. But you still might feel guilty for other things you've done wrong or bad in other areas of your life. So just because you're seared in one area doesn't necessarily mean you're seared in every area, but there's no doubt that there's a correlation. If you think you're going to be seared in one area and be completely unaffected in another, you're simply fooling yourself. There's, there's no doubt that, that sinning in one genre of your life will ultimately have a searing effect on your whole person over the course of a long period of time. And so this doesn't happen quickly or easily. It doesn't happen just in one moment. This happens over the course of a very long period of time. The continual, the habitual nature of engaging in sin over and over and over again that we know is wrong, continually choosing to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, to ignore the, the conscience that is shouting to us to not engage in that particular thing. We choose to ignore that, and over the course of time, it sears our conscience, and it causes us to do things that maybe otherwise we would not have done. The Apostle Paul addresses this with his protege, Timothy. And in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, he talks about people walking away from the faith. He specifically, more specifically, talks about a group of people who are preaching wrong doctrine. And they're actually leading people astray from the faith. And the reason they're able to preach this wrong doctrine is because they can't even hear their conscience anymore. If your conscience is unseared and you say something wrong, your conscience knows that it's wrong. And the Holy Spirit may shout to you in that moment that it is wrong. But if your conscience is seared, you no longer hear that. So you can say wrong things, preach wrong things, give wrong ideology, give wrong theology, and not even realize it because your conscience has been seared. That is what the Apostle Paul is addressing in 1 Timothy chapter 4. If I'm honest, when I consider this, this is a frightening thought. The knowledge that my conscience can be seared by my own actions over the course of time is a scary thought. And it ought to really get our attention. This ought to be an alarm that goes off in our head. This ought to get our attention in a way that causes us to think differently about sin. 
See, every time you engage in sin, every time you willfully ignore what you know to be true, every time you ignore that voice inside of you that's telling you don't do it, every time you ignore that and you choose to sin anyway, you do a little bit of damage to your conscience every time, each time, each time, each time. And the fact that I can cause so much damage to my conscience that I eventually sear my conscience ought to scare me a little bit. It ought to be very sobering. It ought to cause me to think more seriously about my choices day in and day out. All right, the big question is, once your conscience is seared, can it be reversed? Um, This kind of goes in line with another question about eternal security and whether or not a Christian can lose his or her salvation, which is definitely a question we will topic we will tackle, uh, you know, down the road. I I personally, from my biblical study, do not believe that a true born again Christian can ever lose his or her salvation, uh, because it's not based on your own ability to stick with Jesus, but it's based on His ability to guard you and His promise to keep you secure. And so, if it was based on you and I's ability to stick with Jesus, we would all be in trouble. Um, and so, I, I will cover that in future episode. Uh, in, a, in a few episodes, we're going we're gonna to dive into that in much more detail, I promise. Um, and, and so my understanding of the scripture is that when someone comes to faith in Christ, the, the Holy Spirit will continually do the work in them. So if a Christian is acting in such a way that they're searing their own conscience, um, I think the Holy Spirit will bring conviction. The Holy Spirit will, will bring discipline. The Holy Spirit will do whatever it's got to be done in order to keep that person from having their conscience completely seared. There will, will be work. It doesn't mean that the Christian can't engage in sin and cause damage to himself. The Christian can. If you are a believer in Christ, it is still possible for you to go out and sin today and to cause some emotional, spiritual damage to yourself. The beauty of the grace of God and the transformative work of the Holy Spirit is that he can repair that work. He can do work in our hearts and and undo the damage we've done to ourselves. But let's not do that. Let's not sin in such a way uh, just because we know that he can fix it afterwards. That's stupid. Let's not be that way. If we love God, let's chase after righteousness. Let's seek to honor him by the way we live our lives. Not because we're obligated to, not because we have to, but because we want to, because we don't want our conscience seared, right? And so I believe for the Christian, the Holy Spirit will always do that work. And again, I'll dialogue more about that in future episodes. Someone might say, well, Kenny, in 1 Timothy 4, it looks like those people who are walking away from their faith, people were, were a part of the faith, and then they had their conscience seared and started preaching wrong doctrine. Um, doesn't it look like they were at one point Christians? Um, I don't think Paul is saying that they were a part of the faith and that they were genuine born-again Christians. They were genuinely believers in Christ. I think they were a part of the faith and that they came to be a part of the church. They were a part of the community of God, and it looked like they were Christians. And then through the course of time, whether before they entered the church or during the time they were in the church, their conscience was seared and led them to this incredible hypocrisy, this incredible false doctrine, and begin to lead people away uh, from the true faith. Like That's ultimately what I think is happening there, uh, not from what I see in 1 Timothy 4, but as I, as I look at other passages, it helps me interpret, the, it leads me to that interpretation of 1 Timothy chapter 4. Again, we'll dive in that in the future. For the unbeliever, I would say this. For the unbeliever, I think it is possible to sear your conscience to a point where you no longer will ever want to know the truth. Now, 
Is God transformative enough? Is God powerful enough that he could undo anyone's seared conscience? Absolutely. God is powerful enough where he could reverse it at any time for any person. God can harden and soften hearts. And we see in the scripture, that's exactly what God, is, God does multiple times. We see with Pharaoh, he hardens his heart. We see with Lydia, he opens her heart. Like God has the ability to step in by the power of the Holy Spirit to open, to soften or harden hearts when at any point he chooses to do. It does seem to me that God allows people to kind of uh, to suffer the consequences of their own sin. And if someone continuously engages in sin over and over and over again, ignoring their conscience, that one of the consequences of that is a seared conscience. Therefore, your conscience stops telling you what's right and wrong. It eventually hardens your heart to the point where you can't even tell what's right or wrong. It's like me with the air filter. I can't even I can't even tell the air filter is dirty because I didn't know what a clean one looked like. Like my memory was blocked from understanding what clean looked like. And I think it's what happens spiritually and emotionally to the unbeliever over the course of time. Their conscience can be so seared over the course of time. Their heart can be so hardened that they are become they become incapable of even seeing truth and even wanting to ever know truth. And God, in his justice and his righteousness, allows people to suffer the consequences of their own willful choice, of the, of the path they have chosen to go down. As I examine some passages of Scripture, like Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 2, and as I examine 2 Thessalonians 2, 2 Thessalonians 3, when, when I look at some of those passages, it, it leads me to believe that there does come a point where God simply allows people to suffer the consequences of their own actions. That God looks at the unrepentant sinner, the unbelieving sinner, who has engaged in sin over and over again and has seared his or own conscience. And God at some point steps back and says, I'm going to let you suffer the consequences of this. And that their conscience becomes so seared, there's nothing in the natural course of time, nothing in the natural course of humanity that could undo that or that could fix the damage they've caused to themselves. Their conscience becomes so seared that they can no longer tell right from wrong in most areas of their lives, that they, that they no longer can see truth at all, and that they no longer even have a desire to do what is morally right. Their conscience has been so seared, the damage seemingly is unfixable. Now, like I said earlier, God could always fix it. God could always supernaturally step in and open a heart and fix that heart and, and do a oh, supernatural work of regeneration. However, it does seem to me that the unrepentant believer, the unrepentant non-believer who sins over and over again, who eventually sears his conscience, God allows him to live with the consequences of his own actions, which is a seared conscience. And like I said much earlier in this episode, a seared conscience is like a blocked air filter. It's, it's dirty, and eventually it will wreak havoc on the rest of the unit. Having a seared conscience will eventually wreak havoc on the rest of your soul and spiritual health. There's absolutely no way around it. Now, if you're listening to this and you're all of a sudden nervous as to whether or not your conscience has been seared and you're, and you're, and you're nervous whether or not you could ever come to God, let me tell you this. The fact that you're feeling that is the evidence that your conscience is not so seared that you can't come to God. You haven't reached that point where it's completely seared, where it's, your soul is completely numb. Because you're feeling there. If it was completely numb, you wouldn't be feeling that. You'd be listening to this going, oh, whatever. I don't care what Kenny has to say. I don't feel guilty at all. Like, the fact that you're feeling some anxiousness about it proves that your conscience is not so far gone and it's, it is not so far seared that you can't come to God. So what I want to encourage you to do, if you're feeling guilty about anything, I want to encourage you to go to God. If you have not repented of your sin, if you have not put all your hope and faith in Christ and Christ alone, I want to encourage you to do that. 
as soon as possible because he is the only hope to rescue us from the consequences of our own sinful actions. He is the only hope for us to have a friendship with God. I encourage you to do that today. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I am always incredibly thankful and grateful for all of our loyal listeners. Big shout out to you, Cody, for sending us this very sobering, important topic. I appreciate your incredible loyalty to the show. Hey, if you have a question or a topic that you'd like me to address on the podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email. Or if you know someone that you think would be a great interview guest, you can also email me. The email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. It's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me personally, the best place to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.